Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Folks, make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show wherever you get your podcast. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and it is fantastic. Kyle, happy Wednesday to you. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Uh, your, your voice is back. A little bit, yeah. You're on the rebound. Well, it's, it's the beginning of the day, you know. So oh, you're fresh. I'm fresh. It's Got those... It. Those end of the day podcasts after, you know, doing other podcasts throughout the day that things get dicey. But um, I think you've done about 74 radio hits in the last two days. I did my last one on the books this morning. Oh, and it was with my it was with my favorite uh, sports station across the entire country. uh, WQAM in South Florida with the Joe Rose and, and Joe Rose and Zach Krantz. So what a way to put a bow on the media tour 2021. Uh, yeah, I did. I think it was like 13 on Monday and like another seven yesterday. And then one today. Good for you, man. Very generous with your time. Listen, that's, that's as many as Trevor, I think did on Monday. So, oh my God, (laughs) I'm just glad I wasn't invited to that party. So I'm over here dodging radio hits left and right. You guys are just submerging yourself. You guys are good men. I figured for, for good juju purposes, like I had, I've been swamped with podcast requests and yeah. stuff like that. And I feel bad, right? Cause like you're in the middle of the busy season. And so it's when you're in the limelight, there's a bunch of people who are reaching out and they, it's, it's flattering that you want to have us on the show. And so if I did not get back to you over the past couple of months, just, just please know I was inundated with requests and you have my sincerest of apologies. And I look forward to uh, creating some content with you all in the future. Today is the AFC North, welcome to the party, Ravens, Bengals, the North. Browns, Steelers the fans. North. We are going to talk about your teams today on the podcast. Let's do the Baltimore Ravens first. Kyle did it again. They did it again. Just got good player after good player. Didn't have to really manipulate the board too much. Trusted that they were going to get their guys, and they did. Yeah, so Baltimore walked away with two uh, home run fits early for them. I think stylistically mm-hmm. with OA and uh, Rashad Bateman with their first two selections, you got to be thrilled. If you can parlay trading Orlando Brown jr. Into those two guys being the additions that get called upon onto the roster and, and obviously bringing back Ronnie Stanley. Yeah. I mean, Ben Cleveland, one of the guard spots now who you picked up at 94 overall. I'd be over the moon if I'm the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like I walked out of here with three starters at a minimum, plus Ben Mason. So give go ahead and give him four starters. And, and they signed Alejandro Villanueva, you know, like yesterday. And that answers one of their questions at, at offensive tackle or their, their big question at offensive tackle. And I know that Villanueva is kind of an average starter, but that's okay, right? Like that's okay to kind of bring this group together. Um, you mentioned Bateman in a way, perfect fits. Cleveland's a perfect guard for that system. Brandon Stevens, the uh, the corner they drafted, um, 
out of SMU is a super interesting player, a converted running back who was at UCLA. And he's got all the size, explosiveness, and physicality that you're looking for. He's just got to get more natural at the position. I like that as a developmental type player within the context of that secondary where they've got studs everywhere, especially at corner. Like there's no pressure for him to play. He could be like the Jimmy Smith replacement in time. I love that pick. And if there's anywhere that Sean Wade is going to reach his ceiling and, and, and wind up becoming a good football player, it's Baltimore, right? Like that's the spot for him where I trust them to develop and give him his best chance of becoming a meaningful NFL player after what was a pretty disastrous 2020 college football season. Yeah. So I think, you know, Baltimore did a really good job top to bottom finding values. I mean, you look at where they made their picks, what round they made their picks two in the first two in the third one in the fourth and three in the fifth. Uh, and, and they walked away with player valuations that we had a first second, two thirds, uh, two fives, uh, Ben Mason as uh, a fringe draftable player, but for Baltimore specifically, like yep. you know, it's, it's perfect. Like, why would you not use your last, last draft choice on a position that holds more weight and value to you than anybody else across the entire league? And, and a guy who went down the senior bowl and played at Michigan and showed he can catch the ball a little bit and he'll kick the tar out of you uh, as far as you know, being physical as a blocker between the tackles. So I guess the one that, Stevens at 104, a little maybe, high. maybe a little rich, like, right. Like I understand like you're betting on traits and stuff like that. And, and I actually did one of these 20,000 radio hits I did was in Baltimore. And they were like, so like, what didn't you like? And I'm like, man, like, I really don't want to sit here and bag on the Stevens pick, but it is the one that probably was a little earlier than what he would have been on my radar. When you take into account some of the other corners that were still available at that time. Island Wallace, another fun pick of theirs, right? Like, you talk, yeah. you talk about just nice complimentary players and Bateman and Wallace to go with, you know, Hollywood Brown in the mix there. They, like you said, they did it again. It's, it's yet another example of Baltimore letting the board fall to them, uh, not manufacturing uh, bad values by panicking or over-investing or anything like that. And uh, lo and behold, we walk away with, one of the stronger draft classes. Uh, I, we won't do this for everybody, Joe, but um, I stole Daniel Jeremiah's idea. And I told you this at the top, right? Daniel Jeremiah gave first player on his board, 150 points, number two player, 149 points, number three player, 148 points, went all the way down to 150. Baltimore, want to guess where they finished? On an efficiency basis, because I know you don't like the volume perspective, and I understand why. It kind of gives you uh, – not the full picture of, of if you made the most of your picks or not. So I say top five. They were, they finished with a score of 49 and a half average points per selection for their selections, which was ninth top, top 10. 10. Yeah. So 10. very good. Mm -hmm. They are the highest ranking team based on drafting according to my board. And that's, I think, an important distinguishment to make with this exercise. I'm not saying this is the grade, right? I'm just saying what teams drafted players most closely in accordance to how I ranked the players. Baltimore was the closest team in the AFC North. Hey, football fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, text DRAFT to 
231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, ring sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Time for the Cincinnati Bengals. Is it who day or who? It's who day, right? Who day? Who day? Cincinnati Bengals. One of these days. I'll get that done. <laughs> but not today. So Cincinnati, uh, they walked away their draft class from top to bottom. Uh, they drafted. Oh, it's not sorted right. Hello. Uh, Jamar Chase with the number five overall pick. Jackson Carmen, offensive lineman from Clemson at 46 overall. Uh, Joseph Asai, defensive end from Texas at number 69 overall. Joe, this team made three fourth-round picks. Good for Cincinnati. They got Cameron Sample at 111. Uh, They got Tyler Shelvin at 122. They got Dante Smith at 139. Uh, Then in the sixth round, or the fifth round, they draft Evan McPherson, the kicker out of Florida, one of only two players we did not evaluate from the AFC North draft classes, the other one being a punter. Specialists are people too, I suppose. Sixth round, Trey Hill, interior offensive lineman, Georgia. Chris Evans, running back, University of Michigan. Seventh round, edge, Wyatt Hubert, Kansas State. I mean, the the fun part about this chase pick is, I mean, I'm not going to say anything revolutionary here. He's familiar with Burrow, right? Like, there's no curve when you talk about Jamar Chase coming into Mm -hmm. this offense and getting on the same page as Joe, Mur- Joe Burrow, he'll just have to figure out, you know, where to align and, and just different, different techniques. But did you almost call him Joe Marino. Did I almost, I don't know. I don't think I did. I, I don't think I did. Mm, well, we could check the tape, the tape we'll but I, the I tape. feel like I said, Joe Burrow, <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow. Um, and they played, you know, they, they did the deal here where they went with the offensive lineman second and they actually moved back a little bit to get Jackson Carmen. And it was interesting because whenever we talked about Penny Sewell as a potential pick, uh, for them at five, it was always, okay, well, how do we shuffle the deck here, right? Does Jonah Williams go inside to guard? Uh, is Penny Sewell start off at right tackle? And Riley Reef is the left tackle. Um, I think they make this really simple. Jackson Carmen's a guard. That's where we think he fits best. That's where he should play for the Bengals. And then you don't have to really worry about shuffling around Jonah Williams, who showed some promise last year. Um, and then, you know, I, I think I think that combination, that Chase Carmen combination to get yourself the receiver and the offensive lineman 
really kind of works out in, in my view. So they were originally slated to pick where in the second? Uh, 37 or something like that. Was it 37? Just kind of curious because it, it was kind of curious that they moved back off that spot. Um, and then wherever they moved back from to wherever they ended up picking the offensive lineman that went, if it was 37, they moved away from Landon Dickerson. It was 38. 38. So Landon Dickerson went, which makes me think Dickerson was the guy they were going for. Because after they moved out of 38, Tevin Jenkins comes off the board at 39. Liam Eichenberg, the Dolphins trade up for and take it 42. And then Walker Little at 45. So uh, I guess how would you kind of reflect on that decision, Joe, of Jackson Carmen at 46 versus staying put and potentially getting either Jenkins or Eichenberg, or if you want to throw Walker Little, you can, but uh, uh, it probably wouldn't be a player that you and I would regard as being like a missed opportunity. No, I guess I'd be interested in knowing what the other picks were that they acquired and how you factor that into the, the conversation. I mean, obviously, Tevin Jenkins, a player that I thought was one of the first round caliber prospects in this class, and I only had 21 first round grades. You know, I think that obviously he's he's a missed opportunity, but I, maybe this says to me that they really just were comfortable with getting the extra pick and then not being so handcuffed, if you will, to force to force the musical chairs to happen. Jackson so Carmen. The- Go ahead. The, the, the players they got were Tyler Shelvin and Dante Smith. So you get a really good interior defensive tackle and we a developmental offensive tackle. We already have DJ Reader. Yeah, well, we're talking about the AFC North here where you face the Ravens, a super powerful downhill wrong. team, yep. the Browns, and then Pittsburgh, who drafted friggin' Najee Harris. You know what they want to be. I mean, to me, that was definitely a, a pick in Tyler Shelvin to say, all right, we see what you guys want to do. Here's Reader. Here's Shelvin. Good luck. I kind of like it. So I don't I just I'm concerned that Jackson Carmen's the best offensive lineman you walked away with. I think that their offensive line was uh, their starting offensive line was fine in four out of five spots entering the draft. Fine. Was it good? <laughs> it was fine. You know what I mean? It's uh, like I feel like there was an investment made in the offensive line, but it, I don't, I just don't, it's kind of like how I feel about Pittsburgh's offensive line. As far as, okay, you guys brought in Kendrick Green and Dan Moore, and we'll talk about Pittsburgh in a little bit, but like, if this is who you want to be, then like, I don't know. I just, I was expecting maybe more to show for it than probably one starter, and that starter being Jackson Carmen. He's going to be their left guard. I mean, Jonah Williams, Jackson Carmen, Trey Hopkins, Quentin Spain, Riley Reef. You have an NFL starting caliber player at every spot, obviously, with the assumption that Jackson Carmen can be that. Right. So that's better than we could say for last year. It's also true. Um, I like a lot of the later values that they found here. Both of the guys they drafted in the sixth round. In Trey Hill and Chris Evans, we had fourth-round valuations on. Uh, We thought both of those guys could play and play at a high level, and Chris Evans stepping into the true backup role to Joe Mixon. Uh, Trey Hill, I would not be surprised two years from now if he's the starting center for Cincinnati. Like He he can play. 
He can really or he can take so, over for Spain if that doesn't work out at right guard. Right, because he's 320 pounds. He's got yeah. 33s for arms. So it's not as though he's center exclusive with his measurables. Uh, Shelvin, obviously, you will not find a bigger fan of Tyler Shelvin than these two guys right here on this show. Uh, so it's good value. Uh, Joseph Asai at, at 69 overall. I mean, we had him as a top 50 player. So they found a lot of value. They got some good football players. And, and I guess for me, it was just, I want to make sure that line's right in front of Joe and yeah. they got some bodies, but like, I'm not banging on Dante Smith for anything in the next two years. Are you? No, no. But I think that's the choice they made, right? Like if they wanted to really turn the corner with the O-line, then they pick Sewell at five and then they wait on the receiver. They went the other way around. And now, so they said, we'll be average on the offensive line. We just won't be bad, but we won't be above average. And then let's, let's real quick, let's put the bow on this by looking at what receivers they missed out on after taking Carmen slash trading out of 38. So there were no wide receivers. Elijah Moore went 34. The next wide receiver off the board came off at 49. Okay. That was Rondale Moore. So they didn't miss out on anything, basically. Well, hold on. Not with the trade back. Right. Terrence Marshall Jr. was on the board. He went at 59, 2-2 out. Well, uh, Dwayne So they could have done – dude, they could have had the <laughs> Sewell-Marshall combination. Yeah. Yeah. Which would, would have maybe been your ideal pairing, right? If you believe Terrence Marshall is going to stay healthy. Because all that appeal about Jamar and, and – Playing with Joe, Terrence Marshall played pretty good with, with Joe too. Yeah. So, but you know, uh, no sense in applying a bunch of extra hindsight to it, right? It, it kind of is what it is. Um, and Cincinnati should feel good about their class. You know, I just got done saying Baltimore was the top ranked team against my top 150. Uh, Baltimore barely beat out Cincinnati. So Cincinnati is 10th on that list. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, I like what they did. It's just from a big picture perspective, I have some questions. Yeah, I've, it certainly helps that you were so high on Shelvin, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pro- probably moved the needle a lot with yeah, that. And, uh, and Chris Evans and Trey Hill. and Were those guys top 150? Uh, let me double check. I'd ask my producer, but he doesn't have access to this. So, Excuse me? You don't it's have probably... access to this, this item that, uh, that I'm working on right now. Uh, no, Trey Hill was 117 and Chris Evans was 118. Oh, so, well, yes, that's they huge. got points for that. So they, they got, got points, points for how like there's one... both of their sixth round players. They yeah, got points for that's, top of it. that's tremendous. This okay. Fun little exercise here. Yeah. I like this. Thanks DJ. Yeah. 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 Okay. The, uh, the Cleveland football Browns, Greg Newsom, their headliner 26 overall, the corner from Northwestern. Uh, this is out of order. I'm, there's no way I'm going to pull this off. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa in the second round, 52 overall. Anthony Schwartz Not, is next. Yeah, 91, uh, the wide receiver, the speedster out of Auburn. James Hudson's next. The developmental offensive lineman from Cincinnati. Tommy Togia is next. The stud defensive tackle from Ohio State. If you only knew what we were right. doing right now. Right. Nobody will get ever... it in order with our master spreadsheet that's not ranked in order. Right. We're somehow doing math, and it's unbelievable. Uh, Tommy Togiai was next at 132. Uh, then it was Tony Fields, the linebacker from West Virginia at 153. Richard LeCount, the safety from Georgia at 169. And then Demetric Felton, offensive weapon at 211. So we know they needed a corner, and – 
they yeah. got a good one in Greg Newsom. We've talked a lot about him in the buildup to the draft and how across the board, just one of the most consistent evaluations in terms of traits and, you know, what we saw in film. Um, obviously the, the injury stuff is something to note, but I think he's going to be a really outstanding player for them. He tackles, which is something that we know Cleveland needs out of their, their defensive backs. And so I love that. And then JOK, man, we, we've been talking about the, the Browns and how they can get better at linebacker and a lot of belief that they wouldn't take one high in the draft, like in terms of the first round, but to come back and get a player like JOK, who we valued in the first round uh, at 52, I know that there was a heart thing that popped up with him. And obviously we hope that everything is, uh, is squared away with that. But I mean, my goodness, um, the two areas of, of most concern for me, corner and linebacker, I think they did a great job of addressing those with their top two picks. And they got what those, those were two top three, top four players at their respective positions. Yes. It was according to our rankings, Owusu Kormo was linebacker two, his top 20 player. Uh, and then Greg Newsom was either CB three or CB four. I don't remember exactly what, I guess CB four, because we didn't drop right. Farley for the medicals. We flagged him for the medicals, but we didn't drop him for the medicals. So yeah, and they were the Browns were the only team in the AFC North to walk away with two players that TDN had ranked inside their top 32. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, there you it go. It was Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth as the top two for uh, Pittsburgh. Fryermuth was 43rd. Uh, for Cincinnati, it was Jamar Chase at seven, and then Joseph Asai was the next highest rated player on the consensus board at 49. And then Baltimore, uh, Owe was 42nd. So they had Bateman at 17, then Owe at 42nd. So tip of the cap to Cleveland for getting top 32 talent multiples with their picks here. A um, couple other guys I want to shout out in this class. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, 91 overall. I mean, he's not a super polished wide receiver. There's no doubt about it, but he's got world-class speed. And you see you see him make plays. And I think that he was definitely hampered by Bo Nix and how inconsistent he is in terms of being on schedule with his decision-making and making throws and, and, and taking advantage of the separation that Schwartz was able to create. And I just don't know that this offense really had a player like this, a, a true take the, the roof off the defense type guy. And now they do in Schwartz. And then, you know, um, the, 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 the offensive lineman, James Hudson from Cincinnati, obviously he's, He's a guy that's super raw, converted defensive tackle, really only only one year of tape at Cincinnati. But you can see that he's got a lot of developmental appeal. And then you introduce him to an offensive line that is coached by Bill Callahan. I like this destination for him to reach his ceiling. And so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the, the Togi I pick is another one that I love because I thought they needed to get a little bit more stout on that interior defensive line. And, and Togi, I was like a super underrated guy in terms of, you kind of know exactly what you're getting. So I, I just see the good picks throughout this class. Togi is a really good lesson of like, he was better than the 132nd ranked player in this class, but his value as an even front a gap defender. Yeah. Didn't give you a lot of push in, in the pass rush. It's like, if you were doing it predictively, you say, well, yeah, the league's not going to covet a guy like that. And, and that's really good value for them because did Joby land anywhere? He's on the Bengals. Okay, man. They really loaded up up front. Yeah. Didn't they? So they that's have fun. Joby, reader and Shelvin. 
And they also just have go, Mike Daniels. Just go, just go with a three-man front. Just go three, <laughs> four, and put those guys like mint front. Just occupy every single interior gap and just go to town. All right. Let's go, Baltimore. You, you come could probably. You could uh, probably have Jermaine Pratt have some success behind a defensive line like that. There, there it, it is. is. Couldn't have Jermaine, an AFC North show and no. not talk about Jermaine Pratt. Def- definitely not. It's against the law. <laughs> so uh, I like this class for Cleveland. I think Cleveland, for sure, they had a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, two fours, two fives, and a six. And according to our player valuations, they were one of those team- teams that stayed effectively chalk from top to bottom. They got a one a player valued as a one player valued as a two player valued as a three, a player valued as a four, three players valued as fives and a player valued as a seven. So the first time they got quote unquote off schedule was halfway through day three. They were chalk for according to our rankings. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online, get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's Yum. the best tasting protein bar of all time. So many amazing flavors. They're all delicious and they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it is good for you. Built Bar is you great go. for anyone who is health conscious. If you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. Have a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Pittsburgh Steelers remain. Did you see the panic in Chris's eyes when I said yum on the top of the Bill Bar read? I see the panic in Chris's eyes the entire time that we record. What am I going to have to clip so these two jackasses don't don't do anything to embarrass themselves on the show? The questions Chris probably has to ask every day. I was just no, I was just concerned about my friend because last week he had to take his headphones off to be able to do the Bill Bar read. And Kyle, I saw this. You were going down that road again, so I was just concerned that we were going to have another another incident, but we didn't. Joe Joe's a professional, and he and he got through it. Sometimes. All right, so the Steelers, they get um, some weapons here with their first two picks. Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama. Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from Penn State, is their pick in the second round. Then they get the offensive line help in Kendrick Green, the interior offensive lineman from Illinois. Dan Moore, the offensive tackle from Texas A&M. Buddy Johnson, a linebacker from Texas A&M as well. Then they get Quincy Roche, designated pass rusher from Miami. Good pick there. And then Isaiah Loudermilk, the Wisconsin interior defensive lineman, and a new punter, Presley Harvin III from Georgia Tech. Somewhere in there, they got Trey Norwood, cornerback from Oklahoma. 245 overall. Yeah. Right in front of Presley Harvin. He did so well until we got to the very end. Right. It, just took imagine. Him out of order. 
Not a match. People saw, yeah. people saw this qu- spreadsheet and saw for some reason these picks are not listed in order. It's, Can I ask it's a amazing. question? Yeah. Why isn't it in order? It was in order the whole rest of the week. Why is it today that it is not in Scientists order? Scientists don't it's, know the answer. It's, it was first sorted by our evaluation grade and then f- list and then resorted alphabetically. So if you look at the draft class, it lists them in the order in which the highest grades that we gave oh. their respective so it was by draft rank, class. not by pick number. Correct. Well, it's Joe's fault on that one. You know what? I don't you know. I know. No, I think I think it's mine because I resorted <laughs> it at the very beginning of the is. thing. Oh, that's that's not so that's not now fair. it's now it's taken care of. Okay, so taken they the big need for me for this the Steelers team was the offensive line, and when we were evaluating this class as it was unfolding, I had a lot of criticism for them picking a running back and a tight end when this offensive line was just not looking strong at all to me. Um, and I still have my questions about how they attack this draft, but I will say they got two of my favorite mid-round offensive linemen in Kendrick Green and Dan Moore from Texas A&M. So there's somewhat of a, a payoff here to be able to land those two offensive linemen, but Friar Muth and Harris aren't going to matter if, number one, Ben doesn't show some more life in his arm, but number two, if this offensive line doesn't hold up. So are we assuming – that Kendrick Green's the only starter this year. Um, you, you know, that, that's uh, he's got the clearest path to being a starter because I think there's a wide open opportunity at left guard and even center. Maybe not left guard. Uh, you know, th- I think they like Kevin Dotson. Hey, BJ Finney might be the starting center. He, they might not have gotten a starter at all. Unless okay, so Moore then your starting offensive Banner. line is Chooks, Chooks, core for Kevin Johnson, BJ Finney, David DeCastro, Zach Banner. That's probably the group. That's honestly, that's probably what they have. How you feel about yeah. that? You're wide eyed, just like everybody should be with How Ben Roethlisberger that, and the cur- with the current state of Ben Roethlisberger. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot to be concerned about with that group in front of them. So let's start with, let's, let's transition to some good, right? Um, according to us, they got a- appropriate or plus value really with both Harris and Fryermuth from just a ranking on the board perspective versus where they got them. Harris was ranked 23rd by our consensus rankings. They got him 24th. Fryermuth 43rd. They got him at 55. Uh, we really liked Quincy Roche, uh, and, and we think that's a great landing spot for him. Yes. And you can correct me if I'm – okay, there he goes. Because you can correct me if I'm speaking for you out of turn. But uh, Quincy Roche, his um, forecast into this off or this defense as the guy taking over the Alex Highsmith role as Alex Highsmith takes over the Bud Dupree role – I like that a lot for Quincy Roche. I think he could be an excellent high energy speed guy off the edge. Uh, Kendrick Green, I think long-term being the starting center, uh, maybe not in 2021, uh, but I think that he can man that spot and develop into a quality starting center in the NFL. Uh, Dan Moore does some nice things. I I think that's kind of how you frame this from a positive perspective. And, you know, whoever comes in to play quarterback for Pittsburgh after Ben Roethlisberger is going to be sitting and looking at a really good position when you look at the skill players and, and nucleus that this offense has. I think that's the exciting part, right? Is it's You got Najee Harris. You got Pat Fryermuth, uh, you as rookies this year. You got Chase Claypool. You got Deontay Johnson. You got James Washington. Uh you got Juju Smith-Schuster back, at least for this year. We'll see if he sticks long-term or not. Like, they got a ton of talent in the skill group. But 
how do you get the next quarterback? That's the million dollar question. And, and can the quarterback that's here now take advantage of all this talent to push them to a playoff run, especially with an offensive line in front of this compromise? It just gave Mason Rudolph a one year, $5 million Stop extension. It. So Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins battling it out in 2022. Stop it. No. Shuby, what do you got? You got something? Don't you slander Joshua Dobbs. They've been trying to upgrade from Joshua Dobbs for a long time. It seems like they've traded his ass three straight years. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Brought him back. Doug Hodgins is starting football games for this team, man. Um, Yeah. I really like the Roche pick uh, just to kind of double down on that analysis. And then Trey Norwood kind of fits right. Cornerback wise. Mm -hmm. They said goodbye to uh, Mike Hilton. Um, and uh, Steve Nelson too. Yeah. Steve Nelson as well. Then Justin Lane is going to be the CB two here. Ooh. And they're um, probably getting ready to say goodbye uh, to Joe Hayden in the not too distant future with him getting right. up there in age and his cost in their salary cap situation. So, so we got, and they didn't pick up the option on Edmonds, bro- brother, this team's got some concerns, right? Like this secondary is probably going to need to be reworked completely very soon. Uh, the offensive line still, we don't feel good about. We don't feel good about the long-term forecast that quarterback. You better strike gold this year. Uh, Cause I mean, I think the wheels already fell off last year. Um, I, I'm not super optimistic for this team this year. And then like, you know, Pittsburgh's going to have to rebuild a little bit. And that's not, that's not comfortable territory for a franchise for a franchise where everything's just always okay. Well, I mean, they, they seem to do it once every 15, 20 years, right? (laughs) It was the, uh, they, they were good in the nineties with, with Cordell Stewart for a stretch. And then they, they had like two down seasons and then they get Ben and bounce back after Tommy Maddox and, now they've been good ever since. So like they're due for that, like one year regression. And then they're going to be back to winning like nine, 10, 11 games uh, effectively every year. Cause that's just kind of what the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. do. Must be nice to, to open your season and say, all right, we're good for 10. Let's see what else we can get on top of it this year. It's Mike Tomlin. That's what he does, man. So and before that, it was Bill Cowher. And before that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Chuck, they've had Chuck, three uh, head coaches for forever. Right. right. That's Chuck it. Noll. Yeah, but we've had our teams have had three coaches since 2017 or something, probably. Correct. No, that is that is the fact. We're probably further back. That's when McDermott was hired. So like 15. Yeah, 15 is where we got to go. All right. So we got to rank these classes. We do. Man, this is tough because I I I really like Baltimore and Cleveland. I'll go with Baltimore one, Cleveland two. Cincinnati three, Pittsburgh four. That was okay. my ranking, Joe. You get my vote. So you put Cleveland at two? Yeah, I do. Okay, so this whole Daniel Jeremiah points per pick efficiency thing had Baltimore at one. Uh, Cincinnati was barely behind them. You know who was 11th? I don't. The Cleveland Browns. Okay. So they literally had three teams stacked back to back to back at 9, 10, 11, very closely bunched group. Uh, I think you could spin it the other way. I think Baltimore is probably my favorite. Just to be a little different, I'll stay true to what the numbers said versus my top 150. I'm going to put Cincinnati at two. Uh, I liked a lot of the players that they got. It's just that offensive line question is still going to hang over my head until I see it come to fruition. Uh, I'll put Cleveland at three, and then I will put Pittsburgh at four. Pittsburgh uh, was comfortably the class that I – was not the biggest fan of when you take into account their needs, not even just right. ranking it off of, you know, what it looked like versus my personal rankings. That aside, 
uh, the direction that they went surprised me a little bit. So, you know, if they can draft and develop and Kevin Dotson's suddenly a, a plus starter and Chooks for can be the tackle that he hasn't been for the last three years since they drafted and have tried to develop him and Zach Banner can stay healthy and, you know, BJ Finney's going to be a lockdown center or, or they get T- Kendra Green and he takes that role, then like, okay, then we're in good shape. If but, these seven things go right, this offensive line can be okay. Right. I'm sure Pittsburgh, with the defense that they play, and they're going to you know, play three yards in a cloud of dust football for stretches, I'm sure they'll manage to scrap out nine wins this season and have a winning record because that's what they do. Um, but when you think about the urgency of this nucleus and how much they, they need to try to win now before they have to take that step back forward or step back that we kind of alluded to. That's kind of just where I wasn't a huge fan of the direction. I like some of the players they got. So no need to slander me on social or anything like that, Pittsburgh, but (laughs) I'd put them last. All right. Fair enough. That's going to do it for us here on the show. Another episode of draft dudes in the books. Hope you enjoyed AFC North conversation. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. We will be back again tomorrow for another episode recapping another division. Make sure you hit subscribe. Come on by, check it out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.